Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It's Tuesday, April 18th. Beautiful day outside. So glad that you have joined us for this round of our pastoral devotionals. We're walking through the Gospel of Matthew. And of course, we are in the middle of the most famous sermon ever preached. That's the Sermon on the Mount. And we are entering the primary section of teaching um, that we find in this sermon. And just to kind of give us some context here, Jesus, who has been going around proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, doing the works of the kingdom, healing people, all sorts of miraculous supernatural things, now gathers the people up and he wants to give them a vision for life in the kingdom. Um, what does a citizen of heaven, a citizen of the kingdom, a citizen who acknowledges Christ as their king, what should mark their life? What should distinguish their life? And here, Jesus gets down into the nitty-gritty of our, of our lives. And he begins this section by pulling out two of the Ten Commandments, the Sixth Commandment, and the seventh commandment, um, the sixth commandment, do not murder, and the seventh commandment, do not commit adultery. And what Jesus is eager to do here is to show God's true heart in these commandments, to communicate what does it mean to be obedient to these things, and what does it mean to be marked by the law of God and the holiness of God in in these particular two areas of, of our lives. So, so let me, we're, and we're camping out first of all on the sixth commandment, and that's the one that deals with anger. And so let me read the passage for us, and then the next couple of days we'll be looking, we'll be going through looking at the seventh commandment, but we're, we're still on anger right now, or murder. So look at verse 21. In chapter 5 of Matthew, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the fires of, to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. So the last time we were together yesterday, I asked you to do some homework on this passage and to figure out what is Jesus referencing here um, about the Old Testament and the law, and what's he trying to, to do? So as I mentioned, if you look in this first verse, you shall not murder, um, that's a quotation, of course, from Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. It's a, it's a, rec it's a rec recitation of the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. And then he put whoever's, whoever murders will be liable to, to judgment. And again, this could be a, a general reference to um, Deuteronomy 16, okay, where Jesus, where God tells the people to appoint judges and officers um, in each town that who can adjudicate these sorts of, of matters. 
And, and so Jesus is pulling from, the ex, from Exodus and Deuteronomy. Now, what is he eager to do here? Again, Jesus does, does one of two things all throughout this section of the sermon, sometimes simultaneously, sometimes alternating between the two. But, but sometimes, well, on one hand, he's wanting to address misinterpretations of the law by the Pharisees, okay? So when he says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, um, that could be either a reference to the law and the prophets, okay? And what Jesus is eager to do there is to show that, um, and, and, and if he's referring to the law and the prophets, he's eager to show um, what is at the heart of that commandment. But sometimes he, he might be referring to, and there's debate in the commentaries about this, maybe he's referring to a rabbinical tradition that falls outside of the scope of Scripture. And I, think, I don't think it really matters. I think it could be both. Um, that regardless, what Jesus is wanting to do is to take us deeper into the law of God, to show us the heart of God. And here he is quoting two Old Testament passages, you shall not murder. Now, the reason that he's addressing this is that the Pharisees thought that that was an easy box to check, okay? That they didn't murder, of course. They didn't commit adultery. We didn't read that passage. We'll read it tomorrow. So they're fulfilling the law. They're not guilty of violating the law. And what Jesus is eager to do, and this, I, I get this little framework from John MacArthur. I think this is really helpful, where there is action and then there is attitude, okay? Action meaning what we see externally, and then attitude, what's going on in the heart. Jesus is very eager to talk about this, right? Out of the, out of, it's out of the heart that flows um, um, what the true man is, right? Um, Jesus is, remember in, in Matthew 23, he denounces the Pharisees because they're doing the right things outwardly, but inwardly they're corrupt. God is not simply interested in an external obedience. He wants to know that we love him, want to seek his glory, and that our hearts are set on pleasing him. And this is clearly um, the great error of the Pharisees. Um, the, the law for them was a means to look good, to establish their own righteousness, not to so much please the Lord. Um, they may not have been going around physically killing people, although they did do this with Jesus, right? But they were certainly um, um, what was circulating in their hearts um, was wickedness and evil. And so here Jesus says, um, you think you're not guilty by not committing murder, but listen to this, but I say to you, and again, he's not changing the Old Testament law. He's simply saying this is its proper fulfillment. Um, he's correcting an, an error, okay, in the way they were interpreting it. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. What Jesus seems to say there is at the heart of every murder is something inward that's happening. There is anger. And unless you're a hired assassin, which hopefully is not a vocation that you're studying up for, unless you have the heart of assassin and the profession of an assassin, murders typically happen. Somebody doesn't just wake up one day and say, today's the day I murder someone. No, what happens is that over the course of time, there is something that's 
being bred in the heart. Um, there is some sort of anger. There is some sort of rage. There is some sort of bitterness. And this is why Jesus says, if you want to nip murder in the bud, okay, you, not only do you have to go upstream, but you have to understand that in the heart of every person on planet Earth lies the heart of a murderer. Now, that may seem stark. That may seem... Um, uh, extreme, but we, again, want to understand where murder comes from. It doesn't come simply from external impulse. It comes from the depths of the heart, which is why Jesus says that everyone who is angry with his brother, who insults his brother, um, is liable to the judgment. Now, he uses this phrase here. Um, if you look in verse 22, Whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. And I remember growing up being told, you know, you can't call anyone a fool because um, that will send you to hell. And I don't think that's what Jesus means. First of all, Jesus himself calls people fools, okay? Remember the, the, the rich man who built bigger barns, you fool. Um, we see all through the uh, Proverbs, okay? The foolish man, the fool. So, so there, there's there's... Clearly, what Jesus is saying here is that it's not a not that it's not ever appropriate to call someone a fool. He's talking about this idea of 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 tossing around accusations in anger and calling someone fool. In other words, acting out of the impulse to hurt someone, acting out of the impulse to 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 insult them. Right. So if if, if someone were to remark, "You fool." You know, there, there's contempt in that, right? Um, there is, um, there's disdain, and at the heart of that is, is anger and rage versus saying that someone is acting foolishly or someone is playing the part of the fool. Um, that can be an appropriate biblical warning. So I think that's what Jesus is saying. And here he, he brings us to verse 23, which is sort of the payoff sentence. So, so first he's getting us to examine our hearts. And so this is what he wants us to do with this teaching. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother. So we can see that what Jesus is really intent on here is restored, peaceful, harmonious relationships among brothers and sisters in Christ. He's saying, look, um, you may not be physically killing each other, but when you're harboring anger, discontent, um, rage towards one another, you're not honoring me and you're not honoring your brother. And so instead of stewing on your anger, okay, remember like Cain did, instead of stewing on his anger, uh, which resulted in the murder of his brother, um, take that anger to the Lord and use it as a mechanism to reconcile with your brother. So in this way, our anger becomes not just something we fight against, it, it's, a, it's a light on the dashboard. It, it indicates, it communicates something that is wrong underneath and that needs rectifying. And so one piece of application for us today is, is are, are there places in our life where we are harboring anger towards someone, bitterness, discontent, distance, okay? And um, is it within our power to do something about that?
In other words, is, is this something that I need to take ownership of that's causing there to be a stumbling block between me and a brother? If so, then it is my responsibility, duty to go and make this right before I come and worship God. It's a metaphor, right? You can't assume everything is right with God when things are not right with your brothers, okay? Um, if, if, if your fellowship with brothers and sisters is, is disrupted, if there's breaches, then there's going to be a breach in your communion and fellowship with God because you're living a duplicitous life. On one hand, you're glorifying God. On the other hand, you're living in discord and bitterness with your friend or brother. And so Jesus says, let it not be so. doesn't mean that we can, it's under our power to always make peace, right? Jesus is just saying, give your anger to me and do everything in your power to reconcile, um, to live at peace with all men, as Paul says in Galatians. And when, you, when we do this, we are getting to the heart of the commandment because the, the, the flip side of the commandment, do not murder, the positive side is, but help others flourish, okay? Don't just m not murder them, but live at peace with them, harmonize with them, build them up, walk with them, be in a restored relationship with them. Jesus says that's the true heart of the sixth commandment. Now, tomorrow, we're going to look at the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. And as we're going to see, this is in the same way, um, just full of depths of meaning that will be particularly life-giving for us. Okay, let's pray. Lord, um, if there are people we need to make it right with, if there's people we need to pursue, if there's people that we are holding grudges and bitterness against, um, let us release those to you and deal righteously with them. As much as it's in our power to live at peace with all men, Lord, let it be so in our relationships. And um, let, it, let, let us view the way we treat others as, a, as an act of worship. And so, Lord, we ask for your help in this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you tomorrow, everybody.